Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst The trailer broken and Billy Bones A Paolo de Carillo West Ham United More than just a Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon. This is more than just a podcast. It is season eight. It is episode 24. Good evening, Shedman. Where are you and what are you doing? I'm in my shed. I'm back in it. Electric has been resumed. Internet has been resumed. The little shit got fried that chewed through the electrical cable. So... And I know, I'd be burnt in hell, the little bastard. <sighs> but yeah, here we are. Who was that? That that was a a rat or a um a mouse, I'm assuming, and not a human being. Yes, yes. Because yeah. we don't want to start off with any prejudice or discrimination in the first few minutes of the podcast, do we? A rodent, shall we say? Well, well. For any uh, people who love rodents, please don't write in. If you do, please contact Nigel. Um, no, <laughs> no, John tonight. John is. Um, I was going to tee up a bit of music, but I didn't have time. He's at a Brian Adams concert. Um, he's got a date night with Keith uh, from. He's got Art of Gold. He'll never let us down. Do you want to sing that? No, I don't sing. Oh. But he's going to run to you. We uh, we 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 had two games uh, since our last podcast. We played Manchester City at the Etihad, and we played Newcastle United at the London Stadium. So let's start with Man City. Uh, Nigel, did you go? Did you watch it? What did you think? Uh, I watched it. Yeah, uh, and you know, a, a good. A such performance, if you can call only having the ball for twenty-two percent a good performance. But were we unlucky? Should we have got the point? Um, I thought you know it was a soft penalty, but even with VAR, that would be a penalty because at the end of the day, Anderson came in from behind, didn't really make a challenge, but the legs got tangled up and the bloke fell down. 
you know, there was ample enough contact there that, that if the ref went to VAR next season, that they would probably go, look, there's contact, it's in the area, it's a penalty. The only thing I'd bemoan is, but I, and the reason I'll mention this is because I saw a goal scored yesterday in women's football, uh, is that there seems to be no more an indirect free kick in the penalty area. Now, years and years ago, you used to be able to get an indirect free kick in the penalty area. Now, you think that the geezer that got brought down, was it Bernard Silva? Um, yeah, Bernard Breslau Silva was running across the area, not going at the goal. So he wasn't a goal-scoring chance when he got brought down. So why, why can't they change that to an indirect free kick? And the reason I say is an England player scored, I think, Saturday or, or yesterday with an indirect free kick in the penalty area. Obviously, she didn't shoot straight away. It was past her. But then you think, well, how was that awarded? How do you get now an indirect free kick in the penalty area? Because I can't remember the time, last time I saw one in men's game. Well, look, I, I, I can tell you one. There was one at the bowling uh, Upton Park, if you pull Turner, at the bowling ground or everyone else. Um, 1979, funnily enough, against Newcastle. Uh, Phil Parks jumped with Peter Whiff. Uh, the, the referee deemed Phil Parks jumped with his foot up too high as such. He, he jumped with his leg out. So the ref gave an indirect free kick against Phil Parks in the penalty area. And um, bang, it was a goal. They, they they took the free kick and they equalised and the game ended a one-all draw. Uh, September, October 1979. So yes, back in the day we had um, indirect free mm. kicks awarded. Yeah, I, I, I've, we're not a nostalgic podcast. We're we're sort of drifting away to sort of being a bit retro. Well, <laughs> so no, it's, it's, it's valid because at the end of the day, Phil, if you look, if we had a, if we could shut up. Oh, we oh, oh, it's not me, schoolboy Eric. It's it must f- be Nigel. A fan call from Manchester. So I'll ignore it. Anyway, um, so if the, you can get an indirect free kick for Phil Park jumping with his foot in the air, no goal-scoring chance there, denied. We didn't deny Man City a goal-scoring chance when the penalty was given. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. If he was yeah. through on so goal should... and brought down, you go, right, penalty. But he's running across the edge of the area. So why does it have to be a penalty? I agree. It shouldn't have been a penalty. So anything anything else to say about the game, uh, Nigel? Well, as um... I said, you know, we only had, you know, it was a rear-guard action... Is it acceptable? Probably just about in my book. I don't like to okay. see that type of football. Me and George was at a man that Chelsea game years ago when we did exactly the same, wasn't it, and got a nil-nil. Um, okay. When he, Mourinho said it was 1890s football or whatever. Yeah, part of the yeah, awesome carriage. Yeah. Yeah. So he started with Ben Johnson uh, because um, Aaron Cresswell had a broken toe and... Uh, uh, Arthur Masawaku had a uh, a knee problem. He started with Federicks instead of Zabaleta, although Zabaleta came on a bit later. Uh, he started with Nasri to be replaced half-time with Lanzini, but probably the biggest shock, uh, apart from our you know, £45 million signing being replaced by Grady Digana uh, on 75 minutes, was Andy Carroll starts, even though an hour before... 
it was supposed to be Marko Anatovic who came down with a mystery virus. So, any of those changes stood out for you, Nigel? Well, obviously, uh, Ben Johnson. Which you was didn't even know who it was. I've you never didn't even know who it was, him. Did you? Oh, that Shep, calm down. I only knew because we spoke about him last week. Yeah, on the on, podcast. Uh, looky, I looky. It first. Yeah, you did yeah. beat XW. Looky, looky, not looky, looky, <laughs> looky, uh, looky uh, not yeah. too touchy. Yeah, that's right. So I did know Ben Johnson was. He was the geezer from Canada who cheated in the hundred meters. Yeah, that's not the same one. No, no. I think he did all right, considering all he he picked up a calf injury. But um, I thought he did all right for for a youngster playing um, left back instead of right back. Um, Yeah, he did all right. Uh, I'm going to give a quick stat attack, and then I'm going to go over to George because I know how you like your stat attacks. You've already said Manchester United had 76% of the possession, which means we had to suffer with only 24%. They had 20 shots; seven of them were on target. We had two shots, one on target, and that was Andy Carroll. Um, I, all I'm going to say, there's not a lot to add from what you two have said, is um, I think if someone had said you're going to lose 1-0, I think I would have taken that. My concern was we were going to get, we were going to lose 3 or 4-0. That's what I put in my Super 6. And, you know, I could see 7th place coming down to goal difference and we might be crying our beer at the end of the season going, you know, we conceded so many goals against Man City and that cost us a place in Europe. So Yeah, but hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. The thing about that is we've ended up with the same amount of points. Now, with a bit more ambition, it could have been different. I'm not saying go toe-to-toe with them. But let's face it, that Andy Carroll shot was the only shot I can think of. And they did get well, it on target. You you did say when we were watching, you know, could this be the only game we go without a single shot? Never let yeah. on target. First half, I don't think we had a single shot. No, we didn't. Never no, we had nothing. Um, but, you know, if I think we've... Cons- at the Etihad, tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I like my stats. No one has conceded less than us at the Etihad this season. Yeah, that was that was the first time they hadn't scored twice. And in fact, there was only two games, I believe, that they'd only scored two goals. There was only two games prior to that they'd only scored less than three goals. Yeah. And I think one of them was a European game. Well, they, actually, where was the game at the weekend? Because it was 1-0 against um, away, Bournemouth. Wasn't it? That was away at Bournemouth. Right. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's move on unless you two have got anything to say about City. Ah, uh, good, good. Right, well, let's start with uh, Billy Bonds. Uh, Billy Bonds has played uh, 770 games. No. 777 games. No. Go on, then. 799. 799 games. I knew you'd know. Uh, spanning over 21 years? Uh oh. It was 1967 made his debut, what was it, 80? Yeah. 1988. Right, 21 years, yeah. You got that right. Yeah. So, uh, he's not my man, right? I, I saw him at the end of his career, but here's an interesting fact. So, you know, I'm I'm more of a, my man is, or my big hero is Tony um, Cotty, 
and Frank McAvenny. That's who we watch in the 80s. But funny enough, in those glory years of 86 and 87, so he turned 40, as I'm sure you know, in, in 1986, uh, Billy Bonds did. He was still playing till he was 42, or just before he was 42. And he did, yeah, look it up. And he played 24 appearances in his last two seasons over the age of 40. Look it up if you want. Well, look, I I, I, I thought in 67 when we signed him, he was 19 going on 20. So I thought he was born in 67. Um. We'll, we will look that up. I thought he was born 66, in 46. 66. He was born in 6. No, he was born um, in 46, sorry, was he? 46, 46, oh, so yeah. it was 21. All right, he was, he was older than I thought when we signed him. All right. Yeah, yeah I mean, what happened was he, he was injured, I think, for the 85, 86 season. He sort of stepped back and he was playing uh, reserve football. I think he, he sort of dropped back. West Ham had done this in the past with a couple of... Mick McGiven, I remember, always played reserve football and was there for the first team needed him. And then Bonzo, Brooklyn retired in 84. Uh, I think Bill got a toe, bad toe injury. I, I don't know if he actually had the toe amputated or he did ask you amputate it if it carry, continues his football. He was prepared to have his toe amputated to carry on playing football. He didn't play 85, 86, I think mainly because of injury and we didn't need him. 86, 87, we struggled uh, in the league. 87, 88, we nearly went down and that's when we brought Billy back into the team. Because we had a lot of injuries and basically we were piss poor. Um, yeah. And then I don't but think it, he played. Did he play 88, 89? Eight, yeah, yeah, he, he did. did. He, 24 he, games. Yeah. 24 And then we went down and that's when he decided to retire. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I think 87, 88, was he not? That was the last time he won Hammer of the Year. I think it might have been as well. I think you're right. He won it four times. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, obviously, big day for him. Uh, as I said, he wasn't my hero, but I, I did watch him play uh, towards the end of his career, and I do remember him. One of my prized possessions is a, a signed frame picture from, from Billy holding the FA Cup that my, my brother gave me on my 40th birthday. Um, and I, I was really excited about it, and, and George and myself were there. We, Nigel will explain why he wasn't there. Um I, I know, and I'm, I've spoken to Billy once on the phone. I actually were trying to get him on as a guest on the podcast, but it didn't quite happen. Everyone I, I speak to knows him, and that includes Huey from Clarence Hugh, say he's a very humble man. He's a very shy man. He doesn't like a fuss being made about him. And and I knew from a start, this is, wasn't his kind of thing. You know, to walk out in front of 60,000 people and be the centre of attention just wasn't his thing. But he wanted to do it for his grandchildren who were all there. And and it was, uh, we'll go to George in a minute, it was a very, very emotional experience. I think George missed some of it because he was still at the bar, but (laughs) I'll let him defend himself in a minute. But I went down the front of of stand 113 and uh, saw him, you know, tears in his eyes, wiping his eyes and uh it, it was a very emotional experience and i thought you know fair play to the club they got this one right they did it right they respected the man they've uh they've named the stand while he's alive um and you know i'm gonna give them a little round of applause billy is a hero of nigel i know that um 
So why why didn't you why didn't you even bother to turn up for Billy? You know. <laughs> it's a bit disrespectful. You, I tell you, it's a bit disrespectful, isn't it? It's a bit disrespectful. Well, blame Sky then, because at three o'clock kickoff, I probably would have been there. But I, I had um, my wife runs a, a, a charity that she, she don't get paid to. So everything she does is voluntary. All the money she raises, it goes into the charity. They don't employ people. And the people that run it uh, and two others do it off their own back. And they provide a great service for people that live in the Furrock area in Essex. That, uh, do you want to give, give, give the charity a shout-out? It's, out a, it's the Furrock branch of the National Autistic Society. And they don't get funded at all from the National Autistic Society. So basically, the National Autistic Society is a big umbrella, collects a lot of money. But all they do is give my wife like training, advice, leaflets, and they get to use obviously the logo, and it helps them get out, and and it helps them. It does open doors that perhaps wouldn't be opened if they were not under the National Autistic Society banner. So yeah. um, my wife set help uh, establish it. And with a couple of others, they, they, they run it and they run, you know, workshops for parents with autistic kids. They help them out um, with advice in dealing with the council and schools. Obviously, there's, there's a, you know, autistic children have a lot of social skill problems that, that need help. So luckily, there's a local employer, Procter & Gamble. Uh, that make all wonderful things, aerial bulbs and all that stuff. And they um, put on a big charity night and my wife's charity was chosen to uh, receive a big a big donation. So obviously Excellent. we attended and that. You, you had to take one for the team. Did that? Yeah. Were you dressed up in a monkey suit then? It was a black tie uh, it, event. It was a black tie event with Dickie bow tie and... and um, oh, I'd like to see a picture of that. Yeah. Can you put that on the Facebook? You can one? because what you'll see is me wearing my three-piece blue suit with my West Ham United tie. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I don't wear no dicky bows. Is is it true? Is it true that you got your you got in trouble with your wife after I sent you videos of the Billy Bonds ceremony on WhatsApp? Yes, it is true. So yes, I, I went to the bar to get a drink, and the phone was humming like a good one. Um, not just from you, because people going, "Where are you?" And yeah. and you'd sent me some videos. I thought, well, while I'm at the bar, I'll have a look. And my, my wife crept up behind me. And she think she thought I was watching the game, um, you know. Obviously, you know this was a night. This was a night for her. So, yeah, I, I, I saw the first half hour of the game. I was ready early, and I put the sky on to watch the opening of the stand. Bill walks out, tears in tears in his eyes. There was a bit of dust in my eye, so I had to rub mine. Um, and uh, they cut to an advert break, hmm. which. Pissed me off no end. Yeah. You know, um, but, you know, the, if ever a man deserved, you know, I said to you before, if there was one game for me to attend, you know, I would have liked to have been, for, it would be for that at the London Stadium. Because yeah. it did look really good. And I, I'll give the club yeah. credit, I think. Hey. I think, yeah. I, I think the, the mural thing worked. Um, the but the uh, you know I could do with one of them balloons on my shed actually. Yeah, you know one of them. Yeah. What they're going to do? They're only going to throw it away, aren't they? 
Yeah. You know, it's not right. like they're going to reopen the Billy Bond stand again, isn't it? So I could have, no. I could have one of them blimp things put up. Right. Question, Trekker, question for you, because obviously we did a Clarence Hugh poll and I've always got to mention a Clarence Hugh poll because <laughs> a few not? people have mentioned it. On If the West Stand mm. has not been named yet, um, who would you name the West? I'm not going to give all the answers. I put well, good, you've about 20, Dan. <laughs> Including Karen Brady. Who would you name the West Stand after, Nigel? Cool, that's a tough one. To pick one. Just one. Um, John Long. It, who won the poll, by the way? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what I think you could do. <laughs> they, they, at the bowling ground, they had the Greenwood and Lyle Lounge. So yeah, someone could, said that. Greenwood and Lyle. You could team it up, the Greenwood and Lyle stand. And what yeah. they could also do is perhaps we could invite their families and the, 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 the sons of Greenwood and Lyle, and perhaps we could reinstate yeah. the season tickets that the club took away yeah. from them. Ooh, you see, you have to have a dig in. The, we talk how well the club did on Saturday, and you have to have a dig at the end. Um, uh, Gary Lineker tried to make a joke that they should name It was a joke, after. yeah. Some people took offence. They should name it after Mark Noble. Uh, anyone, anything you want to talk about our uh, our game about against the Spanish waiter and his team? No, the bits I've so I've watched the first twenty minutes. We 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 started well. Newcastle perhaps showed why they're below us. That's about all I can say. Mark Noble penalty top corner though. Don't ever remember him doing that in the past. It was a it was a great penalty. So whether he's looked at the keeper and seen what the keeper's done in the past, um, because I've never seen Noble with a top corner penalty before. All right, stat attack. Uh, we had fifty stat attack. Uh, we have fifty six percent of possession to their forty four. We had ten shots, four of them on target. They had seventeen shots. Surprising, two on target. Tells a tale. Got to be better in that first. They did. They did. Well, they did. To, yeah. to beat us, they'd have had to have scored three goals. And Newcastle hadn't scored three goals away from home since they beat West Ham at the London Stadium. Yeah. So. Pellegrini called it a complete performance. He was pleased with, us, obviously, the clean sheet. He was pleased with the way we defended, we pushed forwards, everything. Um the only, the only thing I'll say is I still can't work out the whole Marco and Altafitch thing. Uh, obviously, he didn't start again, which was a bit of a surprise to me. When he came on, I don't know. I'd like to know from you guys. Is 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 he committed to us? Is he... The crowd are sort of half and half. Some cheer him, some boo him. Nigel? Yeah. And you said something when he came on, didn't you? You're not, you're not best pleased with him, uh, George, are you? Yeah. 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 Nigel? Um, I think he likes to be the number one player. And perhaps the fact that, like in the fans' eyes, you know, I think he dined out on the adulation that the fans gave him. And the fact he doesn't get that now, uh, perhaps doesn't sit well with him. Good, good. All right. Well, that's our game's done. Uh, now, we do need to uh, give a little plug here. 
for a friend of the podcast called Woody. Um, Woody? So if you Woody. <laughs> 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 so, if you need a stream, uh, not that we're condoning anything, you know, on streams, etc. But if you needed a stream, uh, if you approach Woody, uh, he could probably sort you out. And I'm now desperately looking for Woody's. Uh, but I would, uh, can, can, is it wise to do that? He asked to put it out. Oh, what? Is he's happy with that? He wants, he said, can you give my Twitter handle? Oh, right, okay. No, I didn't know whether it's one of them. See, not that I'm from the streets, but perhaps I'm yeah. a bit more no, clever he, than you. He said, he said, I said, we'll give you a plug. And he said, yeah. can you give my Twitter oh, handle? Because right. I'd have said to him, wouldn't really do that. Perhaps ask people to ask us and we'll pass it on not so publicly, would. Sometimes you shouldn't draw attention to yourself. Not that I've got a mind like that, but... Well, should we give his Twitter handle out? Well, if he's not? asked, I mean, do it. You know? Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I did send it to you earlier. Now I can't find it. Uh, this is great TV. Oh, there it is. This is the worst plug ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, right. Here we go. And then we move on. At W7479. At W seven four seven nine uh Oswoody uh so, mentioned yeah. uh you heard this brilliant plug on the podcast. So if you live on an island and you want to stream Yeah yeah it's yeah then uh Woody's your man. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh moving on. Um and looking at my own running order which I've forgotten. It is Asia Trophy. Um oh, we like to discuss we, this. Well, it, I just got it confirmed today. I oh. know it was in the mirror a couple of days ago, so don't take the mickey. But I've it was saying they think it is. I got it confirmed by the senior source this afternoon. Oh. West Ham are playing in Shanghai um, in the summer. Uh, it's going to be West Ham, Manchester City, uh, Newcastle and Wolves all playing in the H Trophy, which we last played in 2009. Current holders are Liverpool, who won it two years ago. Um, and obviously, it will have a number of... I, th- I think it usually has Shanghai in it as well, doesn't it? It has a number of Chinese clubs and maybe Hong Kong clubs. I don't know. No. Um, does it not? Is it just those four that yeah. play? It's just played in Shanghai. I think we, Hull played when... I don't know if Man City were out there. I think it was Hull. Right, I don't, I'm pretty sure I remember us playing Hull. Do you think it's really convenient that we're in Shanghai with <laughs> Marko Ranautovic just when he's supposed to be doing the deal? Do you think he'd just like save well, on the plane fare and come out with I it? I think it's a joke actually going all that way out to playing some tin pot trophy. We get a lot of money though, we get a fee that's usually well. I, I haven't asked, but but I know in previous years it's about a million dollars and you get a share of the. Um, shirt sales, the the oh, uh, ticket revenue, the ticket revenue. They they sell out all of them, and Man City might get a bigger share. Who knows? But um, look, Man City don't do anything for free either, you know. So fair play. If if uh, obviously there's a connection, building the brand. Well, look, in let's China. Face it. Oh, I don't know how many people listen in China to the podcast. Not many, but. No, I suppose it's the great untapped you, market, isn't it? Could you say something? 
can I go? We can say, can I say something in Chinese? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number six. Uh, oh no! Don't upset Chinese <laughs> people with me. No separate curry sauce, uh, please. I just like to say ni hao. Ni hao. To, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. Right. Moving on. Jesus Christ. Oh. Right. Moving on to. Moving on to stewarding. Oh, dear. London Stadium stewarding. Uh, we haven't had a problem with stewarding. In, in the London Stadium or witnessed ourselves in, in probably the last six months. But something happened on Saturday, which George witnessed, George videoed, and uh, I put it out there. Yeah, so one of them was throwing a coin, and, and I believe the same individual was uh, allegedly caught with uh, possession of cocaine as well. There you go. But it's the, the point was, it was heavy-handed, he doesn't need 60 stewards to take out one person unless he was superhuman. Um, in addition to that, there was a number of other incidents. Stewards telling people not to stand up, not to go up the front during the uh, Billy Bonds ceremony. And I witnessed some of that. They were going, no, go back to your own seats. We only just wanted to watch the Billy Bonds. And finally, uh, the rib man, who claims that he was told off for banging his false leg against the stadium... Um, uh, sides, uh, and he says he only he only bangs his leg when we score, so it hasn't been that often. And apparently, a senior steward, according to him, a senior steward came up and said, uh, "The London Stadium wishes you to stop banging your false leg on the stadium because it's costing us a fortune in repairs." Quote unquote, or something along those lines. Um, the stewarding has now been taken over by. <laughs> the stewarding has now been taken over by LLDC or E20, who own the stadium. It's got to get better, hasn't it? It just, we can't keep on going. I have no relationship with any of the stewards. We don't see the same steward week in, week out. We still have to show those bloody cards. Did every you time have a relationship with stewards then? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you now? Rupert, Rupert oh, in the old. Rupert. Fat Eddie Murphy, as as he as they used to sing, was really good. And George, you'll back me up. We used to know the stewards at the bowling ground, didn't we? Same ones every week, and you have a laugh with them. And you know they turn a blind eye to certain stuff. You know there was a bit of common sense. Literally in one one three where we are, every time it's a different person. You can't build any rapport up. You can't build any relationship up. You know if they got to know us, they wouldn't have to ask us for our, our season tickets. Every single time we go in and out of our seats, they would remember us. Um, yeah, anyway, the steward I'll... that I had at the bowling, he, he um, I think he does the Bobby Moore lower now. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he, he do does you... the away games as well. That's where I get to see him now. Do you do you have the same stewards up in your, uh, oh, your block on the upper? They... Nah. Different. Don't... They're just faceless people, aren't they? Yeah. Do you have any relationship with any of the stewards? Not really. I mean, I got friendly with the one at the bowling, but that's because he tried to throw me out, and we ended up <laughs> having a row. 
And then, and, that, and now he's a godfather to some well, of your children. Well, no, it was quite a funny story because I was holding my flag up, and it were well, obviously it had been banned from the ground. So he's come steaming in, and I wouldn't, and I pushed him, and he sort of fell over because it was a bit tight. And then, but I wasn't standing in my seat, so I went back to my seat. And then the it squads come to, to reject me, but mm. but pulled someone else out by mistake. No. So then, like the honourable person I am, sort of thought, oh, hold up a minute, this ain't right. And then um, he, he, he'd come back, and then they realised where I was, and then they pulled me aside and said, "Look, you know, and it." I said, "Look, all right, look, I won't." bring the flag again and I didn't and then from that we, we cool story bro got friendly yeah well if you're a steward we asked last week if you're an architect or civil engineer contact us and a few did by the way and that's still gone on going with the club looking into the claims made by the club and the stadium owners about steep um so watch this space stand by we're gonna have an update on that stand by stand by um, but if you're a steward, either at the Bowling or the London Stadium, and you want to tell us what really goes on, contact the show at uh, facebook.com slash more than just a podcast. Talking about cool stories, bro, can you tell us your Alan Pardew uh, story before we go to uh, Facebook, Twitter, question time? Yeah, very quickly. So sitting on my table uh, Saturday night was a man who I'd never met and it turned out he wasn't a West Ham fan. He, he made a funny joke, so I had my West Ham time. So, and he said, oh, I don't mind West Ham anyway. And I said, oh, right. He said, because I used to work for him. I thought, oh, yeah. I said, what would you do then? He said, um, well, he was the fitness coach uh, 20 years ago. He was hired by Redknapp for the first team. So, and he got, he got let go, I think, in 2005 and Pardew was here. And so we were chatting about the night and he told me the story about uh, Alan Pardew. I don't know if it's public knowledge, but there was a phrase that people say, he's a call me king. Alan Pardew used to love this. And basically it was a name given to him. Uh, they used to go away Friday nights before the Saturday game, stay in an hotel. So this time the players are eating their food. All the first team coaches that are there, Stevie Bacon, the photographer, and he said the coach driver that drove the coach, obviously, were eating, sitting at a table. The coach driver ordered steak and chips. Pardew ordered um, fish risotto or seafood risotto, basically. So the food comes out, the seafood risotto turns up and it's grey, dull, boring. Pardew's had a look. The steak and chips look really good. Pardew's literally picked up the steak and chips from the coach driver, give him the seafood risotto and went, right, you have that. That looks rubbish. I'm having your steak and chips. Puts it down and starts to eat the coach driver's steak and chips. A few people said to him, you know, you can't do that. That's out of order. And he said, well, when you're the king, you can do what you like. Apparently, you know, Mr. Pardew's uh, popularity <laughs> was like nosedived from that day. Yeah, I suppose we better go to Facebook Twitter question time and and, and hope we can I am salvage. Good, here we go.
There you go. Oh, really? Well, normally you go, it's Facebook, Twitter questions. Oh, yeah. You know, do, come on, build it up, son. You're the professional it's... here. Ready, one, two, three. It's Facebook, Twitter question times, where you, the listeners, ask us to present us the questions or something like that. There you go. No All right. So tonight I put recording the light from seven with nine games to go. How many points can we amass? How good was the Bonzo stand opening for you? And anything else you know the drill <coughs> so i've been texted by a good friend of the show spirit of 1980 wonderful day on saturday very moving to see billy's reaction even johnny come lately fans he put in brackets sean couldn't fail to be moved by the scenes on a, <laughs> on a day that we paid tribute to another of our finest sons of the claret and blue the halftime pitch presenter introduced Harewood, or Marlon, to those that don't know him, to the crowd as a club legend. Is that right? Or was you at the bar? No, I uh, I don't remember. Oh, at the half-time I was. The half-time, yeah. yeah. So, now, a good player, yes, but a club legend, definitely not. No. What, in your no. view, constitute a justifiable tag of club legend and what can be done to ensure the term is used in only the most fitting of circumstances? Good question, I thought. That's why I would start with it. It is a good it. question. So, what um, defines a club it, legend? And Well, I, I think you, you can't be too exact. Um, you know, there's a cult hero. So, is Carlton Cole a club legend? No. No. Uh, the answer is probably not because he's a cult hero. Is Christian Daly a club legend? No, he's a cult hero. And same with a number. So I think uh, is Scott Parker a club legend? And, oh. and this is where I have this is where I have my difficulty because he won uh, Hammer of the Year what three times? Three times running, yeah. Um, he played with us really well, but you know he went he, he played for Chelsea, he played for Spurs. Does that taint it? I, I don't know. And the answer is, I think it's really difficult. Um, Tony Cotty definitely is a club legend to me, right? Frank McAvenny is a club legend. Paolo Di Canio is a club legend. Billy Bonds is a club legend. Uh, obviously, Bobby Moore. Um, Tevez? Sir Jeff Hurst. Tevez. Yes, in my view, he is a club legend. Uh, but others would agree with that. So I, I, I see what um, Spirit, Spirit of 1980... Is trying to say um, because it's difficult and different people will have a different perspective. Yeah, I mean, what can be done to ensure the term is only used most fit in the circumstances? Perhaps educate the people. The half time <laughs> is, is that was it the dopey woman? Sorry, was it the woman? Um, well, well, no, uh, the, the who was really there at half time? Whether she's a woman or not has got anything, to, nothing. No, to nothing ever, to do with it. All right, was it the dopey do person it. that does it? She's she's not dopey. I didn't say I didn't say a woman. It could have been. She's uh she's the West Ham presenter. Yeah, was it her? Who... I don't know. I wasn't there. I was in the oh, bar at half time. Oh, perhaps we'll uh, find but it out. Often is. I mean, the thing is, I think he's give, he probably got that tag. What you got to remember is Marlon Colton and Jack Collison are now the go-to players uh, that have retired that they wheel yeah. out, you know, that the club like to wheel out and make them, you know, uh, get the fans on their side. You know, the ball are using these people to uh, do their bidding for them now. 
that try and keep the fans happy. Um, perhaps that's why he's got the club legend tag off of that. Mm. I'm not being harsh. Then again, you know, he scored a goal in the FA Cup semi-final, didn't he, to take us there? Um, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, Marlon's a hero, perhaps, maybe. Colton Cole. Not a club legend. No, not a club legend, no. Maybe, right. though, the kids that are in their 20s that, that grew up, you know, a lot of lot of your legends are probably forged when you when you um when you um when you're a kid, aren't they? And the players that you grow up idolising. When when you get to like thirty, you sort of stop idolising footballers, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you do. So it, I think that's something to do with it. H, right? We digress. Thanks for that spirit. Uh, Aaron James Chick, brilliant day all round. The atmosphere at the stadium was the best I've seen since we've been there, which I've seen a lot of people say that. And it was brilliant to be able to show the appreciation to a true club legend, complete West Ham hero. The performance on the pitch tops off an incredible day. My only gripe, Noble giving Arnie the armband. I don't know what, uh, you can explain that after. The man doesn't deserve it, shouldn't have. He should have given it to Lanzini or Weiss or anybody else other than him. Uh, Aaron goes on, 50 points would be a great total. So I take it they're saying, did uh, Noble go off then? Noble went off. And um, gave the armband to Arnautovic. And he gave the armband to Arnautovic. Perhaps he was he the nearest player? <laughs> That's a bit unfair. I mean, I can't say why would uh, would why would give it. Well, yeah, I will. That's what he's they're upset about. Yeah. Okay, uh, Robert Jesse, uh, what three realistic targets can we get, and who needs to go? Would you release Wilshire Reed to release funds? Is there anyone you would buy from the probable three going down? So. Um... Uh, would we release? I mean, obviously, Wilshire would cost us maybe seven million for mutual. Seventy uh, percent of the remaining contract is the norm, and he's got about ten million left. So it wouldn't really. It would cost us more. You know, we have to pay more money mm. up front. We just get more less off wages, obviously. Um, what else? Uh, what was it? Who who could go? Well, obviously, Carol will go out of contract, and Chikorito might be sold to raise a bit of funds and. Uh, I think we discussed, you know, Obiang, etc. We're not going to have that much money. Uh, I think I said before, we're going to get about 20 million from the club, plus whatever we can raise from sales, which might be 30 million without Marco and Altovic, maybe another 45 if we sold him. Uh, and if we finish seventh, another 5 million in prize money. So we're only talking a maximum of 60 million. I know this is weird to say, but what can you buy for 60 million nowadays? Um I don't know, three decent players or not. I'd, you know, decent players seem to be over twenty million. Uh, well, what you could market. do is you could look at, say, spending a thirty, you know, maybe thirty-five million on on one really top player. Um, then you drop it down to a, like a fifteen million pound player. I think if you can, you need to add three or four. We can probably still do the loans. 
the, the problem you got is we're going to need a goalkeeper, perhaps, if Adrian's going to go. We might need three forwards, if that's the way it's going to work out. We, we need to supplement the defence. It's hard. It, you know, I think what we've got to do is be prepared to accept another season like we've had this season, see what Pellegrini brings in, and then look at where he goes in the third season to sort of nail down getting into the top seven as such. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Hick Chidurchi, good old Hick. Hick. 54 points, he believes. I oh, know, 54 points equals seventh last season. So five wins may get us there. Given fixtures, that is doable, especially especially with a cheeky win at Spurs. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Nick Harvey, evening chaps. Now, I don't normally have anything positive to say about Brady et al, but for once I will give them some credit and now they finally honoured Billy Bonds. Well, we don't need to give her credit. Uh, a fitting way to celebrate this great man. Just a shame Karen couldn't have sorted out the carpet in time. Newcastle was a pleasing performance, not great, but well-deserved three points. Nice to see Lanzini looking so good after his lengthy spell on the sidelines. If only Carroll could come back from injury like that. Still, it won't be our problem in a couple of months. Hallelujah. I think another 16 points is what we should be aiming for, which would give us a shot at seventh. I just hope the players don't take their foot off the gas, which would be oh so West Ham. Pellegrini needs to maintain the momentum. Uh, yep. Lewis Aaron Trout, Sean, I'm guessing that Carroll did his annual I'm not playing against my beloved Newcastle as he played 90 minutes on Wednesday and wasn't injured. Release at all costs now. I'm sick of his attitude and injuries. Uh, I don't believe that. No, I mean, he, he would want to play against Newcastle, I think. Um, he just wasn't, you know, he's he's behind Anatovic and Hernandez. And I, I think Hernandez maybe was rested. Um, against Man City. I, d- I don't know really why, what happened, but uh, Hernandez seems to be, you know, whether Pellegrini's teaching Marco a lesson or Marco's just a little bit under the weather. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Not match fit, but Hernandez has been ahead of, uh, um, of, you know, Marco, and Marco's ahead of uh, Carroll. Simple as that. I mean, the only thing I'd say is the bits that I saw, I don't know if it was true, that when Arnautovic came on, he looked better than what? Hernandez did. Hernandez yeah. missed a couple. You know, he looked a bit more dangerous, and that's the thing when he comes on. I think it's getting to the point where we've got to play him again from the start on out of it. Uh, right, Gary Prince, Sean's mate, says, Hi, it's Sean's mate here. <laughs> Brilliant to see the ball do something right. Great to do that for such a legend. 13 points, I think, from those last nine games. Uh, Martin Payne, with nine games to go, I'd like to see us go for 27, although I'd be happy with more with 21. I think you're a bit ambitious there, Mark, to be honest. Um, Matthew Kemp, Billy Bonds, what a legend. Richly deserved and so pleased that the Cub recognised him and he was there to see it. Though, Bonzo, why did you ever manage Millwall in 1997? We forgive you, though, lol. Uh, what we got to remember about Billy Bonds, for those that don't know who managed Millwall, was he was bloody rubbish there. They lost more. <laughs> and Agent Bonds. Agent Bonds, definitely. Uh, the Maid Marion, why, oh, why do they do it? It was great to see Billy honoured in such a way, but why did the screen, screens throughout the subsequent game advertise the opportunity to bid on a signed Billy Bonds shirt with not even a sniff of the money going to charity? Don't you just love Brady and the board? Yes. I mean, I'd, 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 I had a look at this, funny enough. West Ham's got this West Ham auctions site, haven't they, now? Yeah, I just I saw that as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd, it, it's one of them things where it don't sort of sit right for me. And I don't think the club should really be doing things like that. It's like they look around, see what sells for money, and then think, oh, we'll have a bit of that. Is it not going to charity? Well, it don't. On when you look on the website, it don't say it. You know, you can buy. I mean, the I was just interested. You looked at this Billy Bond sign shirt, and I think they're a few hundred quid. And there was like recently sold Grady Diagana's match worn shirt went for like 80, 90 quid. You know, so there's sign. It looks like they're collecting up all the shirts at the end of the game, getting the players to sign them and flogging them on this site. Well, but, we are a business as well as a football club. Yeah, but there's there's sometimes you have to try not to be seen to be milking your own fans. You know, you know, it's a pity that they. It, I mean, I was at a charity auction Friday night, and you know, there's some mad money thrown about at charity auctions. There was a, a, a signed by all eleven or thirteen of the players from the 1980 Cup final squad. So I think that Pat Holland signed it, as well as the 12 that were that were named on the day. And that went for nearly £800. And it was, it was a programme cover, like a blown-up programme cover. And, you know, they looked at me and said, would you not bid for it? And I said, well, I bought an auction recently, um, an A5 
four size no not yeah about an A4 size photograph signed by all 11 players that played that day and I only paid 40 quid with auction fees hmm. you know all about if, charity though tax well, deductible yeah you well, <laughs> well <laughs> yeah but 800 quid's 800 quid mate you know yeah. Uh, Dean McBride, does Sean have any insight to why the ceremony was not on TV? Sky spoke over the whole thing rather than show it. From what I've read online, the same was true in other countries. Did the club ask for it not to be shown? No, don't be ridiculous. Look, it's uh, Sky run the whole game. It's up to them. And, and I guess the only reason, uh, look, I, I don't know is the answer, but the club wanted to just show their ceremony they're very proud of it they worked hard in fact you know they were a bit upset that some of the things leaked like the balloons and the bags and stuff like that before because they wanted to to be a surprise to the supporters and so no they would have wanted it broadcast look the problem is this broadcast goes out everywhere to hundreds of millions and and with the greatest respect to billy non-west ham fans uh don't give a toss about whether we're having a ceremony for Billy Bonds. Most people would not know who Billy Bonds is. And, of course, there's a new generation who don't really connect to Billy Bonds, as we said. So I guess they thought, you know, they're paying these pundits. They wanted to talk to the pundits because most, a lot of people watch it that are not West Ham fans or Newcastle fans. It's it's a, you know, it's a global sport, isn't it? And, and they don't always focus on the fan stuff. So I think it's as simple as that, that they just didn't think it was very interesting um, that neutral fans or, or Newcastle fans or younger generation of West Ham fans would be very interested in it. Simple, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, uh, for me... I don't think it's a conspiracy. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe in conspiracy theory. I, I watched it, obviously, and the, the worst thing is the ceremony was going on and you got... Jamie Redknapp and Kevin Nolan standing there who probably would rather have watched the ceremony than and talk with Kelly Dalgleish um, about about the game. You know, I felt they could have afforded it some respect and done it. The only thing I would have thought as well is I was, I was speaking to uh, our friend Percy um, and, you know, the, the fact that it started at quarter past five, it perhaps didn't afford it enough time as well. Perhaps they should have done it at yeah, five o'clock. It, yeah, but do you know what? To get everybody You've got to get in, people in the ground. Oh, no. You know, oh, no. it was a hard ask anyway to get everybody. And, and I thought, you know, fair play to fans. They did get into the ground early because uh, you know what it's like just before kickoff. People turn up five minutes before kickoff. I'll tell you what, I didn't, I know there, there didn't seem to be like the, the waft of empty seats that you get as well. Whether that was a sign of respect to build that people actually yeah, did. Yeah, I think so. I think that, so. Um, that, you know, there's normally, you know, we know there's normally only around 50,000 there, not 60. So mm. it, you got, mm. it did look like there was a good 55, 56,000 in there. Uh, right, anyway. we carry on. Ed Hughes, quickly. At the season end, I want to see a positive goal difference, don't we all? We are only minus four currently, so it is an achievable target. Ten to 12 more points is a realistic haul. Seventh spot, I think, is going to be a big arse, though. Uh, yeah, I agree. But, you know, I think we should get top ten. Ed Hawthorne, with a complete revamping of our strikers coming this summer and lack of any funding being available, should we be hoping for a Europa League place? 
Um, I don't, the thing about the Europa League is it's a good thing to be in, but then it can get in the way. Thursday nights. Uh, I, I, I would take it. Yeah, hope. The word hope, I always hope that we can get into Europe. And uh, yeah. Well, I think our ambition has got to be to get into the Europa League. We should be concentrating on getting in that and try and doing well in that tournament because that's how we're going to grow the club. You know, we ain't going to do it realistically. If you want to finish seventh, you've got to want to go in the Europa League and accept the Thursday night Sunday football. Uh, Super Tin Shaman, Luke's dad. Uh, been reading about people being ejected via text. What are your thoughts on this? Does Sean know the rules if you have asked to leave due to a text message? Can you refuse? It's an interesting question. And, and there has been some, um, you know, on the OSB, it's something we're going to talk to the club about and we've raised some things because there's been a few people complain that the text uh, system has been misused. Um so the way it's supposed to work is there's supposed to be correlation. So let's say if you make an accusation against someone, they've got really good CCTV. So if you make an accusation that someone was making a sign, I don't know, a, an obscene gesture or, you know, crossing their neck, etc. This is one they take quite seriously, um, you know, kill sign. Then then they, they look at it and if they can prove it on CCTV... They then send down the snatch squad to take you out and object you. What they're supposed to do is innocent until proven guilty if if it's claimed you said something. Because obviously it's very difficult to pick, you know, there is no sound. But they're advised to have a chat uh, where their, uh, their cams, you know, their, their cameras, body cameras, um, and, and see what happens. But but there are certainly claims at the moment that, that Stewards have been overzealous and have been hoiking people out and having a chat with them without proper proof. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. If you don't have a tech system, people can't do it anonymously, but equally this tech system could be abused. But I think they've got to find a way that you should be innocent until proven guilty and not just, you know, there's got to be corroboration either with fellow uh, fans or some CCTV footage. You can't just have one fan anonymously going, that person's did a homophobic um, chant, that person did a anti-Jewish chant, that person said something racist. It can't just be one anonymous text that gets someone thrown out and potentially lose their season ticket. It's it, There's got to be some... I mean, for me, it, sh- it should be done by the police. If you're committing a criminal offence... The stewards should call the police in and remove the person. But if it's done via a text and not system anonymously, then the police have to go down there and monitor it. That that video you that we see the the bloke being dragged out by about yeah. thirty stewards that we see, yeah. you know that is come on what for one man? You know, yeah. five people I think is over the top to have that many. You know, and have they got a right to manhandle him the way they were? All right, so he's refusing, he might be refusing to go, no. Then they should call the police over and remove him. These stewards, they're stewards. They're not, you know, they're not. Yeah, he he was arrested in the end, actually. So that is one guy. There was only one arrest out of 60,000 in that game. And that game, 
that guy you see being bundled out was the one arrest I'm reliably told mm. by my sources. Well, it's, it's uncomfortable for me the way the stewards behave there, to be fair. Mm. Uh, yeah. Neil Hodgkinson. 54 to 56 points, he reckons. We've got a lot of winnable games, which we have. As long as we beat Spurs and screw up their season, I think they're already doing it. It'll be, as usual, we'll be happy. Does uh, Balbuena get back into the starting lineup when fit? Absolutely, 100%. In brackets, can we hear Sean pronounce it? <laughs> Balbuena. Balbuena. Um Charlie Fawkes feels like this summer might be crunch time as to progressing to the next level. Do we recruit quality that encourages the likes of Declan to be part of future West Ham? Or will we scrape the barrel and see him look for somewhere more ambitious? Oh, please God, not Spurs, he says. Or can we hang on to him for one more year and defer that crunch till next time? What do you think? Uh, what, Declan? Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, he's not ready to leave uh, for a big side yet. I, I think we keep on to him for at least another season, maybe two. Look, the guy's brilliant and it would be stupid to think that he's going to play all his career for West Ham. Um, I thought he was brilliant on the Saturday and the more people see games and now he starts playing for England, you know, but I don't want him to go to Spurs because, like someone said, why would he go to Spurs? You know, he won't win anything. And that's why Harry Kane's thinking of leaving. You know, I want to hope that if he's going to leave, he goes to, you know, a Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, even maybe Arsenal, I accept anyone but Spurs. Yeah, I, I, we've got to get a hundred million for it. Yeah, that, and, and and maybe in a, a two, one or two seasons time. But the, the way I see it is, we've signed him up for five years. That increases his value, and until people, you know, offer us the stupid money that the likes of the Gareth Bale went for, the likes, you know, far more. Look at him; he's head and shoulders above John Stones at the same age. Yeah. So if he's going that way, John Stones went for fifty million. You know, so minimum mm. I'd want is 70 million with him at this age. Minimum. Yeah, I agree. And with a sell-on. Because he could go to Man City or, or Man United, be outstanding for them, and then Real Madrid and Barcelona might turn up, and or PSG, and go, we'll give you 150 mil. Yeah. He's, he's, he's that type of player. You, you know, anything can happen in football, isn't it? It could get better, it could get worse. We don't know. But at this moment in time, unless someone threw down 70 million basic, I wouldn't be, I'd, I'd be looking to keep him all day long. Yeah. Uh, Dave Fulcher says, hopefully 18 points. It's great to see the legend that, that with Billy Bonds is honoured by the club at last. Uh, Toby Behan, great to see us playing with such conviction uh, against the Geordies. People say that the season is over, it is, and there's nothing to play for. There isn't. But I have tickets for me and my 11-year-old son, Charlie, for the Huddersfield game, and he's desperate to see his hero score some goals and win the game, and he'll be buzzing for weeks if we turn them over. Well, let's hope we do them for little old Charlie Behan then. And isn't yeah. that what it's all about, really? You... Uh, when you, you put, know what? I'll tell yeah. you a story. When you put right? it like that, it is, yeah. I was offered uh, rugby. I was offered corporate rugby, top corporate package, to go and watch rugby Six Nations on the 16th of March. Yeah. And I said, 
nah, I can't be asked. I want to walk, go watch West Ham Huddlesfield. I have no interest in rugby whatsoever. I prefer to watch West Ham Huddlesfield. Is that wrong? No, that's right. So it should be. I say, so it should be. Um, Even Huddersfield. Yeah. Uh, it goes on. What was your first game, fillers, and what do you remember about it? Well, my mine. Do you know what? I, it's difficult to remember my first game. I really don't remember it. Um, my dad took me when I was really young, uh, and I just don't know the game. Um, I, 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 you know, I must have been. I don't know, five or six, maybe seven i really don't know um and i sort of remember but i can't remember the actual match and i can't put a date or even a year on it uh, but it's got to be around that time um and it was very rare for me to go in those you know it was a you know a sort of uh i i remember going to a couple of testimonials as well uh i didn't go regularly my dad used to go but but um then go regularly and it wasn't till a little bit later in life when I became a teenager that I started going regularly. Um, and that was in the eighties. So, um, you know, we, um, me and John used to go to the South bank and, you know, remember really well. I think we went, we didn't, weren't season ticket holders, went to almost every single game in that season of 1986. Um, and that's when West Ham really came big for me in 86 and, I think me, John, George, well, George, not all the time, but we've been season ticket holders now for, I know, 15 years, maybe, something like that. Um, so, Nigel? <laughs> yeah. Your first game. Mm, don't remember it. Um, it's hard, isn't it? Well, it is for me. You know, look, someone said this to me, you don't know how lucky you were being brought up near the ground. Uh, and, and and perhaps perhaps I didn't because I was taken as a very young age. Um, I I, rem- we, I remember my uncle getting the season tickets. I was seven years old, nineteen seventy seven. Um, I think we played Man City at the start of the season. I'd been to a Man United game uh, with my mum and uncle. Uh, been 70, 75, 76. Um, so I used to go to reserve games as well quite uh, a few times. Um, but yeah, I mean, the big game for me that stands out, I think there's a game that really where I, where I got the bug would be the West Ham Liverpool game, 1978. We had to win to stay up and we lost 2 0. But um, the. the, the there was a buzz. There's a great video of it that I put on my YouTube channel. Twenty minutes from the big match, match of the day. That there was, it was a thirty-eight thousand, forty thousand lockout. So they shut the gates now before kickoff because it was sold out. That uh, you know the fans had turned up. Liverpool would were going to win the European Cup that year. Um, I think Forest won the title, but Liverpool were going to win the European Cup. And, you know, we lost, we went down. I always remember that the players came back out on the pitch to wave and did a lap of honour and, and were cheered like heroes. But we'd gone down, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it was mad. 
It was mad. And I, I, you know, eight years old, you don't, you didn't understand what relegation meant. And all it yeah. meant was we played Notts County the next game in August. Yeah, yeah. And well, it, let me ask you a question, a supplementary yeah. question. And it's an interesting question. Do you know the actual game, date and opposition that your children went to their first game? Yes, I do. Do you? Yeah, so... Because I, I was just thinking about this. I don't know, but lucky enough, with electronic uh, ticketing yeah. and my email, I could probably look it up now. Um, obviously, it was a bedding ground, but I could probably look it up now. I'm going to do that so they know, but go on. Well, this thing is... Molly was um, three years old, and I wasn't supposed to go to the game. I was supposed oh, I know this story. Yeah, yeah. you know, because I've told it on, on, on the video I've done that it was yeah. the West Ham Wimbledon game when the Canio scored the goal, and I'd give me season ticket away. I'd live next to the ground. And yeah. when you live next to the ground, you get the buzz of the atmosphere and yeah, yeah. And, and everything. And, I, you know, I said to her, look, I, we used to go and eat in Casataris, yeah. you know, about three times a week we used to eat in Casataris. And I took a Dan to Casataris to have a, a dinner. It was a Sunday. And I thought, fuck it. And I just went and bought two tickets. Um, and, and we sat behind the goal. And How about your son? My son, Oliver, um, first game I took him to was Birmingham City. In uh, we, we, we won 1-0, um, but he wasn't happy. I had to take him home at half-time. I think it, 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 he would have been about six years old, so it would have been about 2008, 2009. Mm. Um, yeah. I I think I'm I find if I looked it up that I probably took my children to like um uh Oliver's only been to two though, so it's a bit easy. Um Oh really, has he? Well the second game we went back, he'd he'd yeah. become a Wolves fan. So I, I I you know, I took him to a West Ham Wolves game and uh do you remember Ian Tompkins? <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. So because uh, I was quite friendly with him uh, and I'd I'd been chatting to him that oh, my boy's a Wolves fan. He actually got us to go down the tunnel. So that I walked out in all my West Ham gear. My boy's got his Wolves hat on and scarf. And Mick McCarthy come up and shook my son's hand. Oh, right. And Excellent. what he got to watch the Wolves team warm up before we took him to our seats upstairs. He's the Bobby Moore. No, he liked Wolves. He did. It's a yeah. He don't like football now. To be fair, yeah. It, yeah. so. I've... I was going to say, my, my kids, I think I took them to one of these pre-season friendlies we used to have. Yeah, you know, the Bobby like, Moore Cups before they sold it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so something like, it would probably be Napoli or, or something like yeah. that. Uh, now, that was in the 90s. It would have been whatever in the 2000s. No, Napoli was um, early 2000s, mid-2000s. So it might have been Napoli, because my, my daughter was born in 2003, my son 2006, so it would have been when they were very young. Uh, and I wouldn't have wasted money going to a, <laughs> you know, it would, it would have either been a, a cup match or a, or one of those um, pre-season matches. Anyway, we should move on. Yeah, so I think that's it for Facebook. All right. Oh, no. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple on, on Twitter. On Twitter. Uh, of course, I'm not really prepared for Twitter, am I? Like usual. Loading up. Oh, only one. So it says, it's, this is from Canningtown Jen. All right, uh, yeah. Who, I don't know if this is Len's sister, wife, or mum. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, Canyon Town Jen says, do you think Bob Wenner, <laughs> she's actually put Bob Wenner, it's great, yeah, needs Wenner. to go straight back into the West Gam, West Gam, Jen, what are you doing to me? West Gam, W-E-S-T-G-A-M. And she put it down as one word. Didn't even split yeah, it. It was a joke. It's a yeah. joke. Yeah, in the West Gam team, or should he wait now, Ogbona, or Ogbona, as she called him. <laughs> <laughs> he's play- She's typing it like you say it. He's playing well. Uh, you know what? Ogbona is having a good game, uh, a good um, uh, form at the moment. And it's, it's hard to drop someone in good form. So I sort of think, yeah, you've got to wait for one of the two, Diop or, or, or Bonner, to have a small dip in form or a small knock or injury. Uh, no one gets a place automatically. Which mm. goes on to say, is Young Johnson going to come back into the team if Creswell can't get over his dodgy digit? Well, I still think maybe whatever we think of Masuaku and, and whether or not he's going the summer, which he is. Um, I think he's still number two, and it's. Um, and I think we've got to remember Johnson predominantly is a right back as well. Yeah, he is. Uh, even though he did, um, he, he's got two feet, as people keep on saying. He has got two feet. He's got two which feet. is handy for footballers to have two feet. Is always a <laughs> well, as, as well as I pointed out to you the other day. <laughs> <laughs> right, are we ready for uh, this? Are we ready for that? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to use one phone. I've got to do Facebook. I've got to do Twitter. Oh, right. Uh, right, go for it. Start the music. One Just a Podcast, Super 6 League Roundup. Down to 10. It's Darlo, Adam, Darlington on 365. Uh, on the 9 is Mark. What? What you say? He's on 367. Uh then with number eight, Jeffrey Smith with 372. Top seven, we've got Alan Austin on 372 as well. Uh, into six is Ben White, 379. Going to the top five, we've got Ryan Smith, 380. Number four is Phil Walker, 387. Down to three, oh, Walt Disley himself, 395. So that means up to second spot, Mark Matthews, 396. And steaming away now, number one, Lee Davis, 407. There you go. Uh, presenters uh, round up. No, oh, no, 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 let's move on now. We haven't got to... Right? He's uh, Sean is 20th in 340. I'm four places behind him. But only two points behind him, three, three, eight. So I'm going to get my wish. You know what? I've had two bad weeks. One, I forgot to, um, two weeks ago, I forgot to put any entry in at all. Well, this week, there's... I just, I was just so. I know you got two correct, yeah, uh, predictions, which makes a hell of a lot of difference. But I just, I couldn't. I scored eight points. You scored fourteen. I just couldn't get a correct prediction, and I was all over the place. I wasn't just one nils. I was doing. Two ones, three ones, two nils, three nils. I just couldn't, I couldn't catch a, a right prediction, and just got four corrects. You know, win, lose, draw. Well, cetera. winner of the, the week again was Paul Turner. Eighteen points he got. 
That's the third week running, I think he's won. Paul, uh, Paul Whitearse Turner. Paul Whitearse Turner, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was giving me grief about the video again, yeah. And I thought, how, how oh. can you have a go at me for posting George's video when you post a video of your ass on, on, from holiday? I mean, yeah. or, or going for a swim, it really didn't make any sense. I, I still didn't meet Maid Marion, you know. Maid Marion, she still I, hasn't... I um, think for the Huddersfield game... I think yeah. that that needs to be arranged. Yeah, will you yeah. introduce me to? Her I will. Then? I will. Good, good. I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, let's go predictions because we're we're on. To, we've lost George. We hope we can salvage rest of the podcast with George gone. If um if you're listening to this going by, I didn't even know George was here. It's because we lost George's recording and we've edited him out completely from this episode. So uh, you won't even know, which is, means I probably have to edit this bit out, but I probably won't. Uh, predictions. Um, Cardiff away, yeah? Uh, yes, Cardiff away. It is Cardiff away. It's the next game. Yeah, yeah good. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Trip to Europe. Um, and you don't have to pay the toll, people. Good news. Um, Why not? Because uh, they scrapped the toll. Are they? Yeah, so you can save your five pound ninety that you had to pay to get into Wells. Of course, they let you out for free. Um, now they let you in for free as well. Free one? No, no, too much. No, 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 no. Yes, two one. West Ham win. Um. Okay. Uh, I'll go um, <laughs> on the back of a performance. Against the Magpies, uh, going against the Bluebirds, two nil. Just to prove you wrong, that I only go for one nils. I think that's it. Um, Nigel has been me back in the shed. Yeah, shed man. Uh, George was here and's not here. I'm sure he'd say goodbyes. Uh, I've been Sean, and, and that's it. Uh, it's goodbye from Nigel. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Come on, you irons. <laughs> I pressed the wrong button. I've got new glasses. There we go. Come on, you irons. When's the carpet going down? Uh, March the 29th. <laughs> Can we can we tell people then yet? No. Oh, no, it's, it's a secret. secret. Oh, we'll, it's we'll have to save it. Shh. Yeah. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 